any other way. Over the years, I've done a few Uber and Lyft drives that perplexed me. That is to say, I wasn't entirely sure what had just happened. Perhaps the most head-scratching instance of this was a few years ago during the wee hours of the morning. It was December, and I was heading back from dropping a university student off at Chicago O'Hare Airport, presumably to fly home for Christmas break. After I'd gotten far enough away from the northwest corner of Indiana, or what they call the region, I turned my Uber and Lyft apps back on to accept ride requests. I didn't really feel like dealing with Chicago ahead of the morning rush hour, and there's always a decent chance that any pickup you do within an hour of Chicagoland will take you back into the city. The drive to O'Hare from the university takes about two and a half hours one way. I was about an hour back down south when my app alerted me that there was a ride request. I would have to turn around and go back roughly 15 minutes in the other direction, but I was going to make $30, so it was worth it. I accepted the ride and began looking for the next spot to turn around. After a minute or two, a phone call came through the app. Drivers and passengers can call or message each other this way to ask for or provide necessary details, as well as for any other number of reasons. I answered, and the man on the other end of the phone met me with a request. He wanted to know if I would just follow him. He said no questions asked, and he would give me $100 when we got where we were going. $100 on top of what I was already going to make. The request wasn't computing, and I wasn't sure I grasped what he was asking. It didn't make sense to me that someone would call an Uber or Lyft and then not get in my car. Worried that I wasn't processing it properly, I sought clarification by asking, so you aren't going to get in my car at all? At this point, he became a little agitated and restated all of it in a very stern voice. He repeated that he just wanted me to follow him and that he would give me an extra $100, no questions asked. I said, okay, and we hung up. In the 10 minutes or so that it took me to get to him, I didn't think much about what the reason behind his request might be. Instead, I tried to decide if I was doing anything wrong or breaking any rules by doing a drive without anyone getting in my car. Eventually, I reasoned that it was the person calling the Uber or Lyft's prerogative and that what they were paying me for was to drive a specific route. I wasn't transporting anything illegal or going anywhere illegal, so I couldn't convince myself that I was doing anything wrong. As I got within a mile or two of the exit, the man called again and asked if I was there yet. I informed him that I was getting close, and he told me that when I got off the ramp there would be a hotel and to wait for him near the front of it. He said once I arrived, he would come around from the back side of the building and I could follow him out. Perhaps it was the surreal nature of the moment, or the time of day and year, but when I pulled up to the hotel, it felt dark and vacant. To be honest, I can't even remember if there were other cars in the parking lot. After a few moments, he appeared, and I began following him back up the highway as he instructed. We drove for roughly 10 miles or so before he pulled off onto an exit. We drove several more miles through a rural area until we ended up on the edge of a small town. He then pulled into a driveway, walked down to my car, and with a warm thank you handed me a $100 bill. I left, and that was the end of it. As I resumed my journey home, I started considering what had just happened. Before you continue reading, or listening, I invite you to try and formulate your own opinion. I say that because I would like to hear what other people think without being influenced by my own thoughts on the matter. Done? Okay. Don't forget to let me know what you think after reading or listening to this. My initial thought was that he wanted his wife or girlfriend to think he was somewhere other than he was. 
For instance, let's say he was from out of town or had moved away, and the house I followed him to was an old friend or family member. Perhaps he was staying at the hotel, but said he was going to visit them at the house I followed him to. Maybe he said he was going to take an Uber or Lyft because they'd be drinking, and he didn't want to be driving back to the hotel. By having me follow him, he'd have a digital paper trail that he took an Uber to his friend or family member's house, but unbeknownst to whoever, his vehicle was with him. This way he could really go see or do whoever or whatever he wanted without it seeming like a possibility. One of the first people I relayed that story to offered me a much simpler and more likely possibility. The man had been drinking or was in possession of something illegal and wanted a buffer from the police. I was that buffer. By putting me behind him, he was making it less likely that he would get noticed or pulled over. That makes way more sense to me than what I had concocted. Hey, I said in a previous blog that my brain is unnecessarily busy. Whatever the man's reasoning, it was worth $130 to him for a very short drive. I've done a few rides where after the fact I felt like I was involved in something sketchy. Never anything to where it was so obvious that I felt even close to being compelled to notify anyone, but just enough that something wasn't adding up. I'll revisit these stories on occasion and look forward to hearing your thoughts on them. The Oberosifer. And now, a haiku. Without the unknown, we risk the unlucky fate of knowing it all. First impressions are always unreliable. Franz Kafka